Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Coming to you live from the Cross Country Mortgage Campus in Berea, Ohio, this is Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Here are your hosts, Bo Bishop and Nathan Zagura. All right, let's do it live on a Tuesday edition of Cleveland Browns Daily. I am merely Bo. He is the great Z. I don't know. One more. Hello. There you go. Yes. Oh, yes. boy. Oh, baby. Let's go. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yeah. Hey, Good. How you doing? You know, living. Living yeah. large. Uh, a deluge yesterday throughout the uh, the afternoon and uh, oh, made boy. for a bit of a wet football practice for the fellas out there. But I, yeah. uh, we got it in. Bootsy and Beamsy start tonight, so we're, we're all in on the football. Had an interesting, you know, the uh, desserts that the Hoff gave us as, as walking away presents? Um, at yeah, the those Hoff, like the, the, the cookies and yeah, yeah, nice treats. There's an apple crumble one that, like blondie, that looked pretty stout. There was a macaroon was in there. There's oh. a brownie type thing, and a I want to say a birthday cake type thing. So last night after practice, we're I'm divvying it up, and I'm you know we we we're not going to be gluttonous. We're not having a full, sure. but just a taste. Yeah, just a, just to see how wet it the tastes. beak. Yeah, what sure. the beak. Why wouldn't you? <clears throat> so Bootsy comes down. I'm like, Bootsy, brownie? Nope. Come what again? do you mean? What are you talking about? You relentlessly pursue this snacks type of treats. stuff. That's all yes, you want in right. life is 100%. some sort of a drink that's a treat, some sort of a snack that's a treat. This is this is the pursuit. Yeah. And he goes, no, I'm not. And so I'm like, come on, come on, just have a bite. You'll like it. He goes, yeah. I'm trying to eat healthy. <laughs> what? So out of from where? I don't know. I so football starts tonight, so I think he's like trying to get his focus on. He's trying to eat healthy. Come. It was amazing display out of him. Um, I hope his brothers aren't listening right now. So I go around the corner. I'm like, dude, what's really going on? He's like, no, I'm just trying to eat healthy. And I'm like, I whisper to him, I'm like, I know you want this. You know you want. It'll be our secret. We all know. We, everybody yeah. knows. This is this is, and it's fine. Like you're a young kid. They're supposed to pursue these endeavors. Yes. So I gave him a little bite, and he just goes, "That's good." <laughs> I know it's good. Of course it's good. Who's the Hoff's treats? Just be like, you're going to go run around now and burn yeah, that off. You're That's fine. It. You're, you're fine. Safe. You're safe. You're safe. Yeah, yeah, it's you're good. Oh, to be young. Yeah. Um, hey, we had some injuries at the end of practice yesterday, Coach. Yeah, unfortunately, we did have some injuries. And uh, I have not seen, so I don't give a – if I missed this in, in error, please let me know because I'm, I'm eager to get an update on Drew Forbes as well. Uh, but Drew Forbes left uh, with a back injury. He was taken away on a backboard. Um, obviously hoping that that is okay. I have not seen or heard anything yet. He's in a meeting. Um, oh, yeah, Gibbe's not here. Uh, and then Jerome Ford looked like a hamstring to me uh, and hopped off. And, and my guess is we will see the Browns make a move, if, if that is indeed what it is, and he's going to be out a couple of weeks, which you would be with a hamstring. 
Um, I, I think I wouldn't be surprised to see the Browns add a running back. And probably at this point now you're going to have to add a veteran running back, somebody who's got some experience in the league, to, to buttress that room. But hoping that Drew Forbes is okay. Uh, I think he was very much in position to be – the to make the 53 is the third guard on this mm -hmm. roster yep. and you know hopefully it wasn't serious and it was more out of an abundance of precaution that he was taken off the field in the manner in which he was and that he will get an opportunity to uh you know go back get back out on the field and compete because i think he's had a great camp great off season and is in that that spot and you know you think about you got forbes you got michael dunn you got colby gossett you got west martin i mean our interior is pretty good in terms of the depth so Hopefully he get him back out there soon, but you know I think what would end up happening is that Colby Gossett will, or Wes Martin will just step up right there into that second team uh, while Forbes is out. In terms of uh, Jerome Ford, this was something that was one of the question marks we still had as camp was going, which would be would they add to that room? Um, would he be able to take the full the full boat behind Nick Chubb? Um, I was looking forward to seeing him play a little bit on Friday and have some extended stuff. It was obviously Jonathan Kelly mostly yep. in, in the game on Thursday. So I was looking forward to seeing what he did on Friday against Washington. Uh, we haven't really seen much of Jerome Ford. So, you know, we, we'd like to see something, and, and now that could be delayed. And so how do you think they handle that going forward? Obviously, you need somebody in here immediately from yep. a camp body standpoint, but big picture do you need to think differently about who you bring in possibly you know he missed some time his rookie season with the ankle injury um he missed a couple of days to grim barber that's for personal reasons you know we didn't the fact that he didn't play in the hall of fame game tells you how much they like him and yep. and value him and know that that second running back role is important it, the days of oh you know if nick misses a game you got kareem hunt and oh if they're both out somehow you got dearness johnson who you know, in the first time that that happened against Denver on a Thursday night was the FedEx ground player of the week and ran for over 100 yards and a touchdown and a big Browns win. Those days are gone. Those guys are not here anymore. In fact, sounds like Kareem Hunt's going to be signing with the Saints yeah. uh, today. So you need to have somebody that you feel like you can count on. And I thought we saw uh, some nice stuff from Demetric Felton in that game, John Kelly as well. And then, you know, Hassan Hall, I think, is a nice undrafted free agent who has a good shot to be on our practice squad when it's all said and done. But my guess is this season is too important to not have somebody who is capable in the room. And whether they go with somebody that they think is more of a pass catcher or if they go with somebody who's more of a, you know, a complete back, that will be remain to be seen. I know this is not something they're going to panic and spend a lot of money on, so I, I think it would be surprising if they ended up going after a big name unless that big name, say, Leonard Fournette, uh, was willing to take a very, like, a minimum type of a salary. Who's I think still that's out what there? It's for. like Fournette, yep. Zeke, yep. Dalvin, Dalvin Cook. Cook is still out there. Yep. J.D. McKissick. That one makes some sense. I The... Cook feels like he's waiting for like to be a guy, you know. Well, I thought he was like done deal with the Jets. It, yeah, everybody thought, but then we've waited. I mean, it's kind of felt like kind of what happened with DeAndre Hopkins too. It's like, okay, this all sounds good on paper. Go to a team that feels like they need more running back depth, but at the end, you know, it's Marcellus Wallace, right? I mean, you have pride and you feel like you're owed a certain amount, and if the Jets don't have anywhere near that amount, that's what that's how Hopkins ends up in Tennessee. Totally. Because um, nobody else was willing no one to was pay. willing to get there yep. financially of the teams that could actually have used him, uh, Kansas City being the one that makes the most sense, um, so or made the most sense at the time when when all of this stuff was going down. So I I'm guessing that's what's happening with Dalvin. I've seen nothing with Zeke anywhere. 
Uh, there was some, you know, New England like a week or yeah. two ago. There was something uh-huh. about ten days ago with the Bengals. Um, maybe there would, was there was some sort of momentum. I don't even know if it's a momentum. If his name was just bandied about, um, but but him st- still being out there as well, McKissick. That seems more like what we would be thinking is my guess rather yeah. than a, a high profile cat agreed um it feels like right i mean a high profile cat as you would as you said would be somebody who is willing to come in at a league minimum to be a part of this team and i think that's what it's going to be um otherwise i think yeah mckissick makes a lot of sense just such a good pass catcher out of the backfield yep. kind of that natural third down back and compliment um, which is really what initially in the season what you need. I mean, the idea, it, it's a hamstring for Jerome Ford. It's not like he's gone. So if you feel very comfortable with him as your runner, then really what you're saying is, all right, so we need somebody who can ease the burden on Nick on third downs. And mm-hmm. so then McKissick would be somebody who makes a lot of sense there. I know that there was talk around the league. Uh, there was talk around the league that if Dalvin Cook had signed with the Jets, that they would be releasing Michael Carter. And it was interesting to note that he did not play in that preseason game at all. Yeah. Abanaconda was – I like that guy. That guy had some juice to him. Mm-hmm. Um, but that the Browns – Michael Carter would be somebody the Browns were interested in. Ability to catch it out of the backfield. He can run it as well. Very good college career at North Carolina. Um, so, yep, we'll see there. But I do think now it is definitely uh, – it's time to, to maybe add another running back just to, to get in here. Beyond that, once once we pushed off yesterday and we were off the show right around three, um, the rest of the camp outside of these injuries, which obviously were the cloud over it, but yeah. in terms of the work that got done, what was your assessment? A great day for the for Deshaun Watson uh, and the offense in the red zone in those periods. Uh, he threw five touchdowns. He was putting the ball into tight windows. A great reminder uh, as Kevin Stefanski, I, I just talked to him. A great reminder of his ability to throw the ball in adverse conditions. Uh, because he's got such big hands and was able to just have complete command of the ball yesterday. And uh, Elijah Moore continues to be a stud, and you can see their chemistry is incredible. Chief looked great in the red zone. Moore was in the backfield again making plays. DPJ Schwartz even had a nice grab, and then they did a four-minute offense. Browns are up six, move the ball. Nick Chubb, nice run, play action, beautiful ball to Elijah Moore for a sliding catch inbounds, and then Nick Chubb busted it out and then just basically took a knee, which was great to see. Um, And so he was very, very, very – it was an impressive day for the offense. I thought they looked very, very good. Um, DTR, rookie moment on that four-minute drill, got kind of flushed out of the pocket to the left and just threw it away instead of sliding inbounds. (laughs) And so they were like, yeah, 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 let's not do that. Right. Um, so that I thought was a good, good teaching moment. But overall, excellent day for the offense. Um, and, you know, you're seeing this camp, you know, we do are having some back and forth because there are just so many studs on both sides. Now, some of the guys on defense weren't out there. Denzel Ward, no Greg Newsom, obviously. Um, MJ Emerson continues to be elite and ex- everything that you want uh, out of corner going into a second year. However, I came across something okay. that – I got, I'm not going to lie. It, okay. it, it boggled my mind. All right. It boggled my mind. All right. Let's, let's go. I'm interested. In this. I'm going to read this to you. And right. Gibbe would love I this. I have my pen. Because it's his. It's Too bad his, he's in a meeting. It's, it's an ill-timed meeting. It is an ill-timed meeting. Let's see. I got to go to my likes here on Twitter because I wanted to bring this up for you. Here we go. Yep. Profile. Boom. Likes. Here it is. I'm going to read this to you. Okay. So ESPN's Bill Barnwell made a list of players that he thinks will break out in 2023. All right. And on that list. 
was MJ Emerson. Okay. And so what I'd like to hear from you is if anything about this catches your attention. Okay. This is what he said. There weren't many Browns defenders who came out of last season looking like winners. Miles Garrett had another dominant season as usual. Then he went to some people who didn't live up expectations, blah, 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 blah. Browns ranked eighth in the NFL and DVOA. They missed out on a postseason berth, blah, blah, blah. Defense didn't help Stefanski's team win. One of the few exceptions who had a promising 2022 was MJ Emerson, the team's okay. best cornerback for stretches as a rookie. The third-round pick spent most of his time in the slot, but he also moved around the field, most notably limiting Mike Evans to 31 yards on nine targets in a November victory over the Buccaneers. Finished the season with just a 77.6 passer rating allowed in coverage. New defensive coordinator Jim Schwartz thrived in Philadelphia when the Eagles unexpectedly got a career season out of corner Patrick Robinson in the slot in their Super Bowl season in 2017. Emerson has to be equally valuable to, for the Browns' defense to get right this season. Why is he in the slot? He played so MJ Emerson played last year, for those if you guys want to write these things down. He played 783 snaps last year. Yeah. He played 10 snaps in the slot in a season. He is not a slot he's quarterback. He's not a slot corner. He's, he's ever been. Outside quarterback. 10 snaps where he was even aligned in the slot, which could have been because of a formation where they bring in a motion. He's yeah. playing man, so then he ends up inside the outside corner. He's an outside corner, not a slot in any way. And for Barnwell to write something like this yeah, was like shocking because it's so easy to thing. just go on PFF. Which and is get what his he does. snap counts yeah. and his alignment snap counts. And like, as soon as I read it, I was like, wait a second. Either I've gone completely crazy, yeah, yeah. but I don't believe I have mm -hmm. since I watched every single every snap, snap of the season. Of game, right? He's an outside corner. And then so I went and sure enough, 10 snaps in the slot out of 783. Do you so think how that, does that happen? Do you think that is like a – he had people that he – I mean, he obviously liked M MJ, which is, makes all the yep. sense in the world that you'd like him. Do you think he had like a research kid go and pull that stuff? I mean, where would it's such an incredible miss? It's, and Bill usually doesn't miss. We've had no. Bill on a bunch. Like he doesn't miss stuff. It's stunning. But I that, mean, that's just a crazy. Greg played 374 snaps in the slot, 378 outside. I mean, he's the only guy that 50, played 50, any significant yeah. snaps in the slot for us last year. Obviously, we both know it would be Greg Newsom if you're talking about a slot corner for the Cleveland Browns. It just. It's wild Strange. to me. Strange. So that was, yeah, I, I saw that. that happens. Nonetheless, I like, I like the accolade, like the accolade, but then Not it makes you wonder about the details. It makes you wonder if he's actually talking about Greg Newsom, but then he does have some things that are definitely MJ specific. He talks like about the, the Mike Evans and his, and his size. Evans. Right. Yeah. I just, it, it, very odd to me. Anyway, the point is MJ Emerson looks great. Um, and that is a wonderful, wonderful thing to see uh, for, for the Browns. I think that this defense, like I said, had a chance to be really special. I'll tell you. So I talked with, with Joe Hayden that we had on the program yesterday. We yeah. did our training camp insider, which is available now on the Browns app and youtube.com slash Browns. I think you should watch that with me and Joe. Uh, and he's a big fan of Elijah Moore's big. Yeah. He's like that dude is a baller. He, I know it. I, it's one of those things where like when people, cause I get asked about, it, I'm sure you do too. And they ask me, you know, what do you, is this all hype all real? And I'm like, I try to like downplay it because I don't want to. It's just, there's, it's just odd that he didn't have like this this in New York, like so, that he didn't have some of it. Because what you see out here, the praise that you're discussing from Joe, the praise we've seen from others, even our own corners, uh, talking about him, like it's all real. You see it with your own eyes. He gets open all the time. He's got the best shake. He's got everything that you'd want. Oh my gosh, swag! Jeez, look at it again. So. Back oh, he just back it. Stop it.
We need to get him in here for a swag segment. I'd like him to break down the Hall of Fame, uh, the attire. hot party attire. Because I think I that he's like got some. I think he's got some good takes on our outfits. Yeah, he's got a good take on his own outfit, I'm sure. And also, it'd yeah. be nice to promote, you know, the designers who who have him so natally clad. And then I think he's also going to have some some good takes on uh, on Gibbe, yeah, which I, think, I would like to hear. I think all of those things are wins. Yeah, yeah. So we got to get him in here. Yeah. Swag, come on, come on, Swag, get in here, make it happen. Um, yeah. So that that's the thing with Moore, though. It's like, what am I missing? I don't think we're I don't missing understand anything. it. Like it's like, how did he not have more? I mean, the Jets' quarterback situation is a disaster, but like he can do everything. He's so crisp. He's so quick. Um, his route running is pristine. It just is wild to me. So it's wild to me that there hasn't been say. that. You know. Okay. So final, in, that, in that regard, I'm slow playing it. Final six games of his rookie year. Yeah. Thirty-four catches, four hundred and fifty-nine yards, and five touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Okay. So just to give people an idea, that that extrapolates out right there. So 34 to 96 catches in a season. 1,076 yards. Actually, way more than that. Let's see, 538 divided by 6 times 17. 1,524 yards and basically 15, 14, 15 touchdowns. Yeah. So that final six games of his rookie year when he got opportunity to start to click, he was an elite receiver in the NFL. Now the sophomore season, whatever happened there, it just went sideways. He, yeah. And he's doing that, by the way, in his rookie season with not, a, not Deshaun Watson. Oh, no. Not no, a no. lead quarterback. No, no, player. no. There's that part of it for sure. He's just so explosive. It's amazing to me that the Jets, I don't understand it. it he got into best. it with LaFleur. Yeah. And it just at that point when sometimes when things become personal and it doesn't work out, it just that's the end of the rope. And so for the Browns, you look and you say, we gave up a second round pick and we got Elijah Moore and Cedric Tillman for it. Feels like at this point, a big win for Andrew Barry. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Um, what's your sense on who plays Friday and how long? So we'll, we'll hear from coach tomorrow. My sense is that some, not all starters. My guess is we won't. This is these are not scores. No, no scores. This is just connecting dots. My intuition. I don't think we'll see Nick Chubb in the preseason. I don't well, know that no. we. Good lord. I don't know that we need to see Nick Chubb in the preseason. I don't know that we'll see Miles or Zadarius maybe in the preseason. Yep, I like it. Um, you know, other than that, like you will see Deshaun. I don't know that we'll see Joel Batonio, for example, in the preseason. Um, I think there will be a select. And a small group of people that get basically the preseason off, but I think you're going to see everybody else. And, you know, maybe it'll be a series or two. It's not going to be the first half. No. But I think, you know, you'll get a little bit of do work. You think, do you think the Kansas City game will be the one where the regulars play the most? Yes. Okay. All right. So you'll build towards that. So this will be what used to be kind of the first preseason game or the second will be this one with Washington. And then the third, our third, is going to be basically like the Hall of Fame game. To 100%. And which is the the Philly because of the joint practice because of the joint practices and then you'll finish with um, a game of consequence against Kansas City at the end of the month. Yep, that's okay. exactly right. All right. All right. You've All got right. it. You've got it completely. Right. I think go. that the news to look out for today is, you know, do we get an update on Drew Forbes? Um, do we get an update on the running back position? I think that's that's pretty much it. And and you know, do they have to make any moves? You know to bring in, say, another defensive end, you know, where are we at with, with some of those moves? Because if you're going to have two guys, and those two guys being Isaiah Thomas and Alex Wright, and mm-hmm. they're second, you're going to be out for a while, 
you know, what does that necessarily mean for for that room? I don't think you need to bring anybody in that room. I think you got enough enough bodies and talent to get in there. Yeah. Um, and, and certainly to get through the next couple of weeks. Uh, but running back, I think that's where you're you're going to need somebody. That does feel like that's an immediate need, and I'm just, we'll we'll be paying yes. attention to everything over the next couple of days on that front. Uh, all right, coming up next, you'll hear from Bill Callahan. Obviously, some of his youngsters, the two Buckeye youngsters, both were great in the preseason opener on last Thursday at, down at the Hall of Fame. So you'll hear from him on that coming up a little bit. Is Tarv on with us? He sure is. Oh, baby. Tarv, yeah. Tarv will join, so you have that to look forward to. Go around the league as well. Some of our former uh, former guys who are here finding new homes, we'll get to that. We're off and running here on a Tuesday edition. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet, sports betting partner, your Cleveland Browns, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. And Bo here for my team at Renew Home Exteriors. Now introducing new Ascend composite clad siding. Featuring a beautiful deep grain look in 20 available colors. Keep that just installed look for a lifetime with its low maintenance siding. Plus with Renew comes price match guarantee. You can be assured you receive the best price for your exterior project even after you buy. Renew Home Exterior. Superior products, superior service. Visit RenewEstimate.com for more. And now let's out up to the podium. Offensive line coach Bill Callahan. Could you touch on the, the progress of the wine? Jason Harvard's over here. Rookie minicamp where mm-hmm. it looked like he really struggled to, I think, proof football focus that he didn't allow a pressure uh, while playing all the snaps the other night. Yeah, I think that, you know, for any rookie coming in as an offensive lineman, it's going to be a process. It's going to be a learning scenario. Uh, and they're going to learn incrementally as they go along. Uh, I really thought his pass protection took some major steps. Uh, he still has a long ways to go yet. Uh, we're still working on the run technique aspects of his play to make him a more complete player. But it was good to see him perform, you know, uh, under the lights against good competition, you know, taking third down sets, which are so critical to protection. Um, yeah, a lot of positives. So uh, we, we came away pleased, you know, again, you know, as we look at it, uh, just a broad picture, you know, a broad, broad brush looking at it, you say, God, that's really good because he did, you know, he stayed in front. He got his man, you know, he finished off. But there's so many little things that he can improve upon. And self-admittingly, you know, he, he agrees with that. He can see where he can improve his hands and his feet and his, his body posture and obviously um, some of his overall reactions and counters. Are you unconcerned about his stamina after seeing him play 74 snaps? I think everybody's stamina in training camp can get better. You know, yesterday we went through a no, uh, no huddle you know, period where we really try to push our players and try to tax them, you know, and take them to the limit conditionally. And so uh, I, I think they can always get better, you know, especially with the tempo things that we're doing right now, trying to play at a higher tempo, playing more on the ball. I think that's really positive and it requires a lot of stamina, you know, especially when you get into the later portions of the game. But what have you seen out of James Hudson as he heads into the been really pleased with his progress uh, coming in the training camp, especially in the offseason. Uh, he did really good things uh, from a technique perspective. He showed growth. He showed maturity. Uh, I, I love his passion. So his tempo has picked up. His aggressiveness has picked up. 
Uh, I like his swing versatility that he gives us. He's become a more uh, a better uh, player because of his intelligence. He's smart. He can anticipate quicker. Uh, his pass sets have improved. Um, but you know, again, like you know, we're still going through training camp, so uh, we're excited about his progress. We just want to see that consistency, you know, extend throughout you know this period going into the season. It seems like Tyrone Whitley is, is uh, earning some kudos from you guys. Mm-hmm. Good reviews. How's he? Yeah, we really like him a lot. Um, you know, he's been banged up the last week, so he was uh, not able to get all the reps that we wanted him to get in practice and in the game. But we're looking forward to the next three weeks, you know, or the next three games, that is, to see him more uh, earlier so that we can get a good evaluation of him against good competition. But we've been pleased. You know, here's a guy that, uh, my God, he was, a, he was a tight end a few years ago, and he's transitioned not only from a skill position but into a power position. He's added additional weight. Uh, I got he's up around 330 pounds now. So I think and we feel that he's still growing into his body. He's still making adjustments, making tweaks, but he's really athletic. He's shown the ability to get on the edge, you know, and pe- pass protect against good speed rushers. Now it's just a matter of it all together. You know, his run technique, his pass technique. We're really excited about what he brings in terms of swing value for us. Do you feel it's at all a little, little risky? Went into the season with only Hudson and Jones as your backup tackles without a veteran presence there. I know Hudson's in his third year now. Well, you got Tyrone Wheatley who's been with us as well. So, you know, hopefully we can take five into the season with us. You know, I, I, I really feel, and I know Andrew feels this way as well, that you can never have enough of those tackles, you know, because that's a commodity. And the more you can develop them and train them, uh, it just adds to your depth. So we feel like we've got really good depth, you know, and we're always looking to add another uh, another player to develop at that position, but boy, tackles they, they come and go. You know, I mean, they're they're the durability. You know, the pounding that they go through, and of course, with a 17-game season now, the durability issue is really huge. You know, so you may lose one or two for a period of time, hopefully not too long. But those guys that come in, you know, they got to step up and play immediately. Thinking of like a Hubbard type, or Chris Hubbard type. Yeah. Six, seven years in the league. Yeah. You don't, you don't see the need right now for that type of player? On the I don't bench. think so. I think we we have a young group of guys that are they have good experience, not great, but good enough where, you know, they can come off and play. And, of course, when you have a young rookie player, when you draft them in the fourth round, they're going to play, you know, whether you like it or not. In this day and age, the young players are going to play. There's no such thing. In my mind, as a backup, I think I've stated that before, those guys are going to play, and they're going to play early. And whether you like it or not, if they get drafted, they're going to play. And so, you know, they're going to, you know, Duan may be in that situation, you know, uh, hope, hopefully not. I hope we keep our guys healthy, but you never know. And then there's also, you know, the, those extended roles where they come in as a, as a substitute tight end, you know, gives a little more power on the edge. So that goes into the thinking as well, so we can kind of, spoon feed those young tackles into the play similarly like we did last year with James Hudson, Michael Dunn, where they come in there and they play that uh, Y position. This is such a big year for Jed Wills. Just what have you seen mm-hmm. from him yeah. in uh, uh, evolution or development mm-hmm. uh, going into, uh, I think it's fourth year? Yeah, I, th- I think he's really progressed. Um, there were, you know, we came out of last year's film evaluation, the scheme eval from off season, and we saw a lot of positive things in his play. We saw steps, you know. Now we want it to be more physical. We want it to be uh, more, I would say, uh, 
more consistent in terms of the finish. We like to see that finish become more more violent, <laughs> you know, more physical. I think we're pushing that. We've had long conversations about that. Uh, and, and, you know, Jed, he's a great kid, you know, and he takes constructive criticism well. He takes challenges well. So he's up for it. You know, he wants to get better. He's shown that in the uh, offseason. He's shown that in training camp. Uh, he's becoming a more consistent pass protector. We've added some things to his repertoire in terms of technique. So uh, we're really hopeful, and I know that he's really challenged, you know, to get better and improve because, uh, you know, there's some big things out there ahead of him. Bill, at this point in your career, how rewarding mm-hmm. is it to see those young guys, whether it's DeWan or yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, you know, that's what we do it for, you know, to help these guys. So when you see players emerge and improve, you know, it's gratifying as a coach, but I'm really thrilled for them, you know, as a player. You know, I mean, that's, that's what we're here for is to help them. And the players, you know, when, when, when you can show them things that can improve their game, you know, you just develop a trust between each other. And that just kind of permeates, you know, forward into the future. And so when, you know, things come up, they lean on you. So it's always kind of a solution-based um, situation we're in. But it's, it's really cool. Yeah. All right, back by popular demand. It's year two of Barking Backers presented by Milkbone, the fan club for dogs. View membership options. And join today at BarkingBackers.com. Coming up next, we'll go around the league. Some of our former players finding new homes. Others fighting for jobs. We'll get to that coming up next. This is Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by Bally Bet, sports betting partner, your Cleveland Browns, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by Bally Bet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Elk and Elk, serious lawyers, serious injuries. Call 1-800-ELK-OHIO for a free case review. Elk and Elk's proud partner of your Cleveland Browns as we go around the league. I did think this was interesting for Schefter. Now, I don't know if it's just because maybe this doesn't happen as much as in the NFL, but he made a big deal about Tampa Bay listing Baker and Kyle Trask as or starters um, on a, on the official depth chart, Yeah, which we've been over a million times. Like That depth chart's put out by the media team. It's not put out by coaches, especially that one that earlier in the week. Well, that's probably why it's kind of funny. Right, that immediate team. Would the immediate team would put or, uh, well, maybe that came from up top. I don't know, but sure. is it? You guys are far more. You, you're NFL depth chart guy far more than me. In college, this happens all the time. There's like eight ors on every depth chart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is this? How do they do? Do they never have ors in the NFL? I don't think so. I mean, he okay, made it so sound like it was it. pretty. Like I've never noticed one, but I'm not looking for it either. Sure. Whereas in college, it's every week. It's an or. We've, we haven't you've, had you've, you ever see, you never no, see an or? No. Not on an NFL depth chart. Okay, so that's an NFL versus college thing. Because when I saw it, I'm like, every week. Yeah. So apparently it's been rough today. I was reading today. They were like picks all over the field. Jenna Lane, been, I saw her. He had like he's had thrown like nine picks in the he first. He threw two more today. Oh, geez. So Currently their defense looks on brand of the uh, Ravens championship <laughs> defense of 2000, was it? Yeah. 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 They're on par for that. So here's the thing, though, like, and Jenna, who's we've had on the show before, she's a good friend of the program. She said that, you know, the, from the coach's perspective, like Baker is, the way that she spun it was Baker is willing to make mistakes and try things in practice where Trask is not. Like, to me, I see absolutely no point in playing Baker Mayfield if you're Tampa Bay, um, unless you just want to just get this season over with and go to the bottom. But you could do the same thing with Trask. 
They drafted Trask. He's been in their system for three years. Pick, He's a second-round pick. Play? Let him see if he can play. I, right. I see no point in playing Baker if you're, you're Tampa Bay. He's not the long-term solution for you. He's not that. And he's not – in the short term, There's it's pointless. No, he's – I think right now he's probably best suited to being, like, on a really good team as the backup to – so that in the event that something catastrophic happens, your really good ready-made team season is not lost. You can still go to the playoffs yep. and hope that he gets hot and, you know, you have a chance to make a little bit of a run, especially in the NFC. Like, Well, we saw that with the Rams last year on Monday Night Football when he came in. Or was yeah. it Thursday Night Football? It was the game against the Broncos. Well, yeah, yeah then he had the game against the, the Raiders where he came in. Like, to me – Dallas makes it would have made a would have been a great spot for him to back up Dak in the event Dak goes down in Texas, you know, and then he gets to basically be the guy that would be able to play with those in that system. Um, but you're right; I think it's a tough it's a tough spot for them, and I it, it is interesting why it's a competition to me. You Baker, you would only start if you believe he gives he has a chance to be your franchise quarterback, right? Yeah. And if not, you got to see what your second round pick Trask does, and and then ultimately what you want is if neither of them are your franchise quarterback, you don't want to win. You want to get a franchise quarterback. You trade Mike Evans. You trade Godwin. You trade Devin. All these guys. And Baker can make enough plays to take you out of that number one spot. Yes, no doubt. <laughs> with, with that yes. wide receiver room. Yes, for sure. Yeah, the crazy. All right, so let's do guess the stats for you guys. When do right. you think? Driving this. <laughs> in what year? Did does Baker Mayfield did Baker Mayfield throw for his highest percentage of completions as an NFL quarterback? Twenty twenty. Zagura. Uh twenty twenty feels like a good answer. I feel like it would have to come with Stefanski, but maybe like two thousand nineteen. I'll just throw it as like a weird because you 2018, asked. Two thousand eighteen. His rookie year, he's sixty three point eight. 37, 25, 27, and 14 as a rookie. And you wonder why all the Kool-Aid in the world is being slurped up. I mean, that's pretty good as a rookie. Yes. 64%, 37, 25, 27, and 14. Yep. He's 62.8 in 2020, which was 26 touchdowns, eight picks. Um, that was his best year. That was his best year, for sure. We go 11 and 5. That was his best year. Uh, 2021, it goes falls off a cliff, obviously. Injured. And then last year um, – He's he went one and five as the quarterback in Carolina, fifty eight percent. Yeah, that was not. And then he was one and three as the quarterback of the Rams, and was sixty three point six percent, four touchdowns, two picks. Um, so yards per game in Arizona, one eighty seven and one seventy. Is actually his biggest yards per game is as a rookie. He was two sixty six as a rookie. Well, didn't he? Set, and he set the touchdown. Yeah, record he set for the touchdown record. Yep. And well, then Herbert broke it the next year, though, right? Yeah. I think. Yep. Yeah. What was he uh, in in nineteen? Because that was the year we had, I think, two two one thousand yard receivers. I know we were not good. He was thirty eight twenty seven twenty two touchdowns twenty one picks fifty nine point four fifty nine completion percentage. Yeah, yeah. Like he's twenty twenty eight years old. Like you know, at this point, it is what it is. Um, and if you're Tampa Bay, I just you know, I I don't see the point of it. I didn't understand the signing. Um, I suppose. You know, we do this thing in the morning where we go two teams, a, a, half a division every day leading up to the, the kickoff of the regular season. Yep. We're, we just finished the NFC North this morning uh, with the Vikings and, the, and Green Bay. And you, you talk to people who cover those teams and you look at those rosters and you could look at any one of the four and say, you can go win the division. 
Minnesota's the clear favorite. They should be. They were 13-4. and four. I know a lot of people like Detroit a lot, obviously. Yeah, why can't Chicago? Uh, but why not Chicago with Fields? You start to see what they did. In Green Bay, the last time they did this, it was Rodgers. And if they like love, you must be something to him. So I'm guessing that's how you end up in this spot if you're Tampa Bay. You're like in this in the NFC, we strike lightning in the bottle with maybe Mayfield can be what he was in 2020. If we can get that out of him, that might be good enough to win the division. Nine and eight gets you to the playoffs. I mean, my God, Carolina's in there with a rookie quarterback. Atlanta's going to go with Ritter. The Saints have cars. But did you see um... – so Daniel Jeremiah was on uh, with Eisen mm-hmm. and said that he thinks that the if Purdy is the starter, he thinks that Atlanta should try to bring get Trey Lance. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. Does it? What, what What's that going to cost you? Not much. Can't cost you much at this I, point. I I'm don't sorry. know. Not going to be first or anything like that. I mean, it'll be a second. Yeah. At best. Yeah. Yeah, that's smart. That would be smart. a rookie deal. We have no idea if Trey Lance can play at all, though. No, none. We're basing it entirely off of, really, Kyle's belief in him and John Lynch. Like, it's one year at North Dakota State. One year in one game. Remember they played the one game his team did just for him? That's it. That's it. There's nothing. Yeah. Like, you have no idea what that cat could be. Um, our old buddy John Johnson the third, he is heading home. He is signing with the Rams on a one-year deal back there. Th- this is the weirdest one. Because do you remember the first day of free agency? Hey, signed with the Chargers, quote unquote. And then there was nothing. There was nothing official, nothing made official. Didn't know what was going on. And then it was okay. He's a post. He's a June first cut. Post June first cut. So you got to wait for that. That happens. He still doesn't doesn't become official. And then finally becomes official this week. I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. Well, if they don't win, I can tell you what they're going to do. I mean, that it's so – I mean, they. the one thing I will say is their division, you know, they probably look – they clearly are behind San Francisco, but if they can match, can they be similar to Seattle? Are they hoping that Geno Smith was an aberration and that he reverts back to what he's been and that you can be the second-best team in that division and then, then are you a playoff team? But they've got holes everywhere. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's a weird and roster. It, Seattle's pretty good. They're pretty good. I mean, if, if Gino is what he is, what he was, if that's him, then they're their pretty skill loaded is, up. Their skill guys are unbelievable. Very good, and yeah. their defense has some really good players. Their receiving core is as good as any in the league. By, I'm getting by the time the season's over. Metcalf, Lockett, Smith, and Jigba. Yeah. I'd put them up with – they can hang. They can absolutely hang. Uh, Kareem Hunt reportedly signing with the Saints. Um, following the news that Alvin Kamara was suspended, so Kareem goes to New Orleans. I like that fit for him. Yeah. You can run, catch it, be indoors with Derek Carr. Um, yeah, I, I think it's a good a good spot for him and we'll see what, you know, what he's got what he's got left. It did feel like it was he didn't have the same explosive nature last year as he did previously. No, it was it was in many and, and really kind of was in some ways, as a result, phased a little bit out of the offense as the season went on. Uh, last year, 3.8 yards per carry for Kareem. Um, and he averaged six yards a catch, which were both amongst his, his yards per touch on the season were 4.3 yards per touch, one of the lows of his career. So he, yeah, you could see it a little bit, but they're definitely, you know, in spots and in bursts, Kareem Hunt's shown a guy, you know, who could be really good. He just really hasn't been the same, honestly, since that 2020 season. 
know, in 2020, he goes out there. In 2020, he rushes for 841 yards, six touchdowns, 4.2 yards carry. Goes into 21, and he still had in 21. 21, eight games, 386, five touchdowns, 4.9 yards a carry, yep. which was a career high, uh, and was averaging like eight yards a catch. Those two seasons dropped to six last year. Career lows in, in every in everything last year. But that injury, maybe, you know, that injury in 2021, when you're running back, it was to his leg. Maybe it just took a little bit more out of him than, you know, we yeah. knew at the time. You saw the story out of Washington. Did you guys see this? With Eric yes, Bieniemy, it's insane. Yes. So, Ron Rivera's hand-picked coordinator, Bieniemy. Yep. Apparently, he's tough. He's very hard on players. Very and tough has like on like a players. very direct and very kind of aggressive way with players. Like, which is fine, but I'm guessing that was in the brochure. Could have been vetted very easily. Uh, I yes. have never seen a coach do what Rivera did. Rivera said some players came to him a little concerned. Like he aired this publicly. He said, quote, I had a number of guys come to me and I said, hey, just go talk to him. I said, understand that he's trying to get across you as they go and they talk and they listen to him. It's been enlightening for a lot of these guys. I mean, it's a whole different approach. Rivera went on to say, um, as a coach, I have to assimilate and get a feel for everybody. Eric has an approach. It's a way he does things. It's not going to change because he believes in it. Uh, and then compares it to, to Jack's approach. And then he said, um, Jack has attended to try to figure guys out a little bit more as opposed to, hey, this is it. This is the way it's going to be, that type of stuff. Eric hasn't had that experience yet um, and and aired all of this publicly. I was surprised Rivera aired it. So, shocking. I think that if you were talking to people in coaching circles, they'd say, no, probably not the, the way I'd go about it. But Training camp week two? Yeah, this is also a guy who claimed to not know that Losing to the Browns last year in Week 17, which was a 16-game season, eliminated that team from yep. the playoffs. Remember, he said that. He said he did not know with that. an ice cream cone as he drove past me out of the stadium. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I was like, wow. Yeah, like all right. So clearly undeterred. Riverboat Ron's doing it. You know, maybe some some different ways than than others. I, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. It's, I just have never. You just rarely see coach on coach crime, especially this early in that thing. That Josh Harris guy who just picked up that, just bought that team. He's got a lot to clean up. I, well, I that feel, I feel like that coaching staff's on borrowed time. Uh, you, you buy a team, you want to start over. Yep. Like he's going to clean house and the coaching staff in the front office, and you're going to want to start over. You're going to redo the brand. You're going to do everything. You got to build a stadium. They paid six billion, and it's a it's a build. It's not a rebuild. It's no. they're building. They got to build stadium, rebrand, relationship with the community, coaching staff. It's a lot, and the, it's a nice roster. It's a really good defense. They've got some weapons offensively. They need a quarterback. So we had a conversation yeah. last night on the Browns preview show. Can you make an argument they're the second best team in the NFC East? Philly's number one. Can you make an argument that Washington? Not yet on Howell. I no, can't because I just no. haven't seen it. If you Cowboys, take quarterback out of it, Giants. If you take quarterback out of it, then you can start to have a conversation with them. Their um, defensive front is their excellent. defensive front is really it's really what good. I mean. Their weapons are pretty good. They have the talent. Yeah. They do, but I think that to label them that I think is a is a bridge too far. It's probably to me in the NFC. It's Philly, San Francisco, Dallas, Dallas. Minnesota. Jets, Giants, I mean. Oof. And then that's kind of Giants. where you're I'm yeah, not Giants. putting the I, – I will not put Danny Dimes. They, he I would be below. He won a playoff year. game last year. Yeah, he'd be below. Well, he'd be below. He beat the Vikings. The Vikings, not had a great. great record last year. It's hard, man. That that conference is brutal. Brutal. It's just 
AFC is not, unfortunately. No, unfortunately not. Like if you pair, you swap us and the Lions, you're walking toe to toe with San Francisco and Philly. Yes. Well, we certainly hope so. We'll figure out Philly next week, but I yeah. mean, yeah, it's yes, yeah, it's it's really that's a big project, that Washington project, that that Harris guy, he's got a big job. It's complicated. You got to build a stadium, man. Yeah, that's yeah. Repair a, a relationship between a fan base and its football team. You got to rebrand it back to something that makes people happy. You got to get rid of all the Snyder stuff. There's yeah. a lot of Snyder steak on that thing. Yes. It's a long way to go. Training camp final here. Cleveland Browns 50-50 raffle is now open. Go to the Browns mobile app or browns5050.com to purchase and learn more. Get your tickets before kickoff of the Browns and Commies on August 11th. You can take advantage of the Joe Thomas special. Get 400 tickets for only $73. Wow. Is that real? Yeah, that's real. That's 400 real. tickets for 73 bucks. Yeah. It's a nice little Could be a nice chance payout. to win big while supporting local youth. That's awesome. That's great. Um, all right, Tarv will join us coming up next. Cleveland Browns Daily 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Welcome back to Cleveland Browns Daily Time now for one of the great friends of the program. We had him in studio last week. Now we get a chance to actually spend some time with him, linebacker coach Jason Tarver. Coach Tarver, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. It's great to be back. Yeah, I bet. It was awesome. The guys got better, but it's nice to be home. I'm sure it is, and it was nice to have a game and some game film to watch. Your young linebackers getting a lot of opportunities. Really, four guys go the whole game. Uh, what did you see from those guys? And we'll start with Jordan, who you know got the start, was out there, and, and just such a pro. Jordan was outstanding the first third down of the game. That's teach tape forever where he took away routes and then triggered to make the play on the quarterback, and that was a big play. Jordan has gotten better every day in camp, and he's showing it, and he's playing all positions. Can't say enough about Jordan. He he is he's what you want to be. You know, he's what you want to have on your football team. Never doesn't care where he plays and gets in the right spot and makes plays. He most certainly does. Tony Fields going into his third year, played a lot, led the team in tackles in that game. And you could see in the run game, I felt like he was just fly. He can fly the ball and he can hit the running back. And he did that, I think, six times, five stops right near the line of scrimmage. Yeah, Tony was really good in the run game, like you said. What Tony does is he's using his hands really well. He refuses to stay blocked. One of the things that we have in the linebacker's room is finish every down on block no matter what, and Tone does that. We don't want to finish tied up with these guys that can big and hold in this league. We want to get off a block. So that's one thing Tony does. He also does a really good job of targeting his tackles, like his eyes in the right spot, and you'll see him take cleats out of the ground. You can't run without your legs, right? And Tony does a great job of getting his body to positions around tackles, and he's gotten better and better and better at it and making sure that people aren't running anymore by scooping legs up and getting them out of the ground and then finishing and celebrating. So um, Tony this week has learned there's, there's some things to fix from the game, and he's fixed some of them this week in practice. So let's see how this goes this weekend at home, and uh, I'm excited to watch Tony. 
Yeah, he's been fun to watch kind of his evolution. He was a guy so productive in college, those 100-tackle seasons, and to see him kind of have that confidence again I think is exciting. And then I know you love the undrafted free agents. That's what kind of part of the preseason about these guys scrapping and fighting and clawing to make this roster. And Charlie Thomas, Mahmoud Diabati, both I thought had very strong games. You could just see them flying around times. We'll start with Charlie, five tackles, and had the best hit of the game where he just flew to the sideline, decleated the ball carrier, ball came out. Unfortunately, we couldn't get it. We couldn't get a recovery too close sideline, but a pretty strong strong start from a guy who was very productive at Georgia Tech. Yeah, Charlie. Charlie's gotten better and better since he's been here. He got here in the offseason, and he put in the work to gain some weight and strength. And he's also on the flexibility program that some of our linebackers are, Tony, Jacob Phillips, some of the others. And our guys do a great job in the strength department of building flexibility plans for these guys. Because what happens is you got to get your hips and your groin really strong to be able to put your foot in the ground and break it, linebacker. If your hips are strong, then you got a chance to move. And Charlie, on a couple of those plays, you can see already how he's built himself into more power. He is very smart, and he's fun to be around. He gets better every day. So Charlie's this is this is the R2, and I'll talk about my mood in a second. I mean, these two guys are they're fun to be around. They're tough. They're smart. They're quick, and they love football. So how what was the reaction in the meeting room, either the defensive one or in the linebacker room, to, to Charlie's play? Because I'll tell you what, it looked like you could see it coming, and it looked like he just accelerated at a different speed than everybody else on the field. And you wondered about with the size, would he have the power? Uh, yeah, he's got the power. Yeah, he's like I said, he's gained weight, and he's still on his way up because our strength, but we know where he needs to be, and he's really working on it. And players have to play, learn how to play with their added weight because they have to learn how to push through that. Um, but, yeah, we showed that in the full defensive meeting and in the linebacker room. So now big hits are called a Charlie. So that's one thing that we have because things that are really good can be named after players yeah. so that we reference them. So that is one thing that we're saying at the moment. A big hit is a Charlie. He's got to like that. All right, you talk, mentioned Mahmoud and a guy who I thought was just really stood out the Greenbrier. Good practices, gets in the game. You know, and it's his first game in the NFL. Some good, some bad, but you could see the athleticism, desire, and I thought he had that great blitz. It was negated, obviously, by that the false offsides penalty on the defense, but you can see he has that acceleration, that power, and that burst. Yeah, and he likes contact. So Mahmoud started the game playing next to Jordan and Tony, and he hadn't played as many reps at that position. So early was great learning for him. Then as he moved back to it, and he also learned in the NFL that it's really hard to get off of blocks, even if you're big and strong like him, if you go right down the middle. you got to get on edge. you got to use your hands. And that takes everybody some time to learn. But Mahmoud learned it really fast early in that game. And by the end of the game, he was shedding blocks really well. Um, he is very physical. He's very smart. He's very direct. And he, when you challenge him, he likes contact a lot. So... I'm excited to see where he goes in these next few games. It's gonna, it's an exciting room, and there's gonna be a lot of competition in that room, and some tough decisions for General Manager Andrew Barry when we pair this thing down to 53. But let's talk about some of the guys that we haven't seen in games, but we've seen in regular season games for years for the Cleveland Browns. We'll start with Anthony Walker Jr. How's he doing coming back from that quad injury? He's doing well. He's starting to get some limited practice reps. He came out his first day, looked really quick, uh, mostly in seven on seven, but. He's been coaching our guys, and he goes out, and he just executes. So it's cool to see the very first play, he's in the perfect spot and gets a great break on the, th on the ball and, and makes it incomplete. So he's doing well. We just got to keep him progressing, um, and he'll do more and more in each practice as we go here through camp. How about Tak? Love Tak. Tak is uh, – he just wants to hit things right now as usual. Um, I think he's up talking to the media at the moment, but he is uh, full of energy and ready to go, great in the room, 
you know, he's the sheriff, he's the enforcer, you know, he, he you, um, you gotta love it. Every day he's the same and he's doing the same thing as Anthony. They're, they're practicing more each day Good. and we're limiting them in certain situations, but there he's moving around well. All right, you're right. He's at the, look at those quads. What is going on with those quads? I mean, that is insane. Yep, he just walked away from the podium, but it's shown he's worked his tail off to get back from his injury. Yeah. Um, really good job of getting his flexibility and his power back early and uh, progressing really, really well. So very excited, as always. All right, how's Jacob Phillips doing? He's, he looks great. He's so tantalizing. Whenever he does play, he is so productive. You know, last year, two and a half sacks, or two sacks. He always gets his hands on the ball in the pass game. Can run, can hit, all of it got to stay healthy right but how's he looked because uh, to me he looks great I mean physically looks bigger than ever yeah I think Greenbrier he was finding his footing and and getting going some days were better than others since he's been back the practices have gotten more and more consistent he's had some run pass reads and our offense is not easy to read run pass on but he's had some run pass reads that have been outstanding so it's just continuing to work with Jacob it's just continuing to trust himself yeah. not overthink Right, because he has that great, he has great feel for reading run pass, and he needs to let himself stay in that mode. Don't overthink things. And as if he continues to do this, he he'll be right in the right spot of where we need him. He's been shedding blocks well. He's been running his feet better on contacts, which, with that much power now, that's good. So that's our emphasis, and and it's just for him. It's practicing hard, being the same dude every day, and, and don't make up anything. Just just see it hit it, run. You don't need to be perfect because you can solve it with your shed and your violence and run and hit. No doubt. And he can solve a lot of things with that physicality. All right, let's talk about Jeremiah Wusukoromo. Going into his third season, we saw such great things in that rookie year. We saw such great flashes, I would even say, in his second year. The question is, can he put it all together and become a superstar? What are you seeing from Jeremiah so far this year? Well, we've had two things that we wanted to work on, right? Number one, and we've said this, I said it to the media at the end of the year, say it every time, is get strong. He's done a good job of getting stronger and staying in his plan with his eating, with how he eats, how many times during the day, his workouts, because he's so competitive. He's going to go when it's time to go. But it's when it's the off times, just staying on the plan that have to do with being strong. He's done that so far. And, he'll, and he keeps going. This is really good. And then on the field. On the field is letting himself. He has a great feel for movement, for what's happening, for where the ball is, when to, when to make quick decisions. It's when he isn't sure it slows himself down. And since we got back from Greenbrier, he's had some really good practices. Yesterday, he had three or four what we call teaching reps, and we label them, and they were perfect. Whether or not he made the play, he went to the perfect spot, his body, and then he broke on the throw. And those are increasing. If he keeps those increasing, letting himself feel football, then we're on the track. But these last couple days, it's been good. Now we got to see him continue to do this as he goes into these preseason games and not let any situation take him out of that. It's about him, one play at a time, and go. So those two things aren't going to change with him. It's taking care of his body, staying strong, yep. and letting himself play one play at a time to the best of his ability. 
I love talking with you. I love the way you break down everything. I want to give some people some insight because we joke all the time about nobody loves ball more than you. Can you take somebody into your office? I've had you know the great privilege to go in there and learn a lot about football from you, and I appreciate it greatly. But what it is that you do, so when you watch a practice, the notes you give, the, the detail, the thoroughness of it all, just kind of give them an idea of you know coaching doesn't just happen on the field. A lot of it then is going to happen. You watch tape and then are able to bring things back to the players. Yeah, we went. the process is the same for me. It's just what we say. The next play is going to be our best play. I learned that from Takeo Spikes. He would say that to himself as a young player in his helmet, right? When, when I was fortunate enough to coach Patrick Willis, Takeo Spikes, Navarro Bowman, Jeff Holbrick, all the great outside linebackers on those teams, Ahmad Brooks, Paris Harrelson. Uh, being the linebackers coach of those guys, taking in how to set your mind to make next plays the best play, that's what I do. So when I approach everything that way, if it's on a play, I want to give, help the players by giving the best coaching comment that I can to get them to do it fast and simple and be able to go to the next play. So I input all of that. We have columns for really good, and we have columns for improve, right? And so you don't want to be in the improve column all day. You want to be in the good column. So they know where they are, and they get their numbers and everything they get feedback on. So you can watch that on your own. You can watch it with us, cut it up, do everything. So that's just you want to – I want to give them – my best on every play and it's their job to do their best on every play and then learn from it and that's how we work and that's how we approach everything we do everything we do whatever we're doing is the most important thing in that moment every day when we wake up we're going to make the best day we've ever had done that's it that's how we approach it i love it i love you it is always great talk with you coach thank you so much for the you time and good luck what yeah why do you want a personal question okay all right fine all right personal one all right yeah. how was the surfing this summer uh, it was good. It was good. I spent a lot of time. You got a new board, right? Yeah, I got a new board. Okay. You saw the pictures. Um, I didn't use that one as much, but it was good. We had, the, we had the fortunate time to spend some time in California, be able to go to Hawaii. Um, so we surfed Waikiki, and both my boys were able to surf waves with mommy and daddy. So that was really cool. Yeah. A seal followed in my son after he rode and was on the board, so he thought that was awesome. So it was good. I was in better shape than last year. I'm still not as good as my wife. <laughs> well, listen, happy wife, happy life. You know that very well. Coach, thank you so much for the time, man. You're the best. Appreciate you. We'll be back with more Cleveland Browns Daily right after this. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by Valley Bet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Be part of one of the most passionate fan bases of the NFL. Join the Browns season ticket member waitlist today for the best chance at securing tickets for all home games in future seasons. Don't miss out. Go to clevelandbrowns.com slash tickets or call 440-891-5050 to learn more today. Uh, around the sports world, you got a Ryder Cup decision to make. Is it JT or DeChambeau? Is that it? JT scrambled like heck, almost chipped in on 18, which would have got him inside the FedEx yep. playoff. Uh, hit the pin. And out, and then DeShambo shot 58 down at the Greenbrier. And, of course, you played last week. Yeah. Or two weeks ago. He, he the beat me by running. 11 shots, which is a lot. And I was you pretty, shot 69 on the, yeah. on the old white? Yeah, but not from their tees. Yeah. Their tees weren't open to us. Oh, they had them locked off? Yeah. Okay. But normally when you play, you play back. Yeah. 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 I mean, some played like at Firestone, same thing. They didn't let us play from those tees. 
sometimes tees are just there for the tour where they're like a hundred yards back. I mean, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a heck of a number of 58. JT's so good on the Ryder Cup. Historically, he's one of the most successful Ryder Cup performers of all time. I feel like yeah. you got to put him on there and just know that he'll be there in those moments. I know he's been terrible this year with the putter, especially. You like just, but you just got to know that he's gonna he's gonna do it. I think he's like the heartbeat guy of the operation. Yes. Like you gotta yes. you gotta yes. have him on there. Everybody loves him. Like yes, I don't know that there's that same affinity for uh, for yes. for Deshambo. He doesn't have quite the same effect. No, I don't believe so. No. no. Um, go ahead, give it. Who else is on it? Do we know? I mean, I no, I don't know. I mean, there's some that are automatic, right? Who's the captain? Is it Zach Johnson? Is Zach Johnson the Ryder Cup captain? Yes, that's exactly yeah. right. It's in Rome, which I don't recall a a, a, a Ryder Cup in Italy. No, you know that was a big over. deal when it went to Spain for the first time yeah. with Sevi. Valderrama, wasn't Valderrama, it? Valderrama, exactly. Yeah. So it's somewhere in Rome is where they're playing, which cool. is really cool. So it'll look different. Starts September 29th. Yeah. I love the Ryder Cup. I do, but like. Tough time of year. It is a real tough time of year. Yeah, I'll tell you what they right should do. Now. That's it. If they are insistent on keeping the players, in, or I'm sorry, the PGA in August, which I don't think they should, but if they are, then they should run the President's Cup and Ryder Cup alternating. You mean the PGA's in it's up. It's earlier than that, the isn't PGA's it? The PGA is in August now. I I'm sorry. It already April. happened. No, no, no. May. I'm sorry. Yeah. May. Okay. Used to be in August. It's right. in May. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So August is May. where they should put the PGA where it was was good. But if yes. they don't want to do that, then put the Ryder Cup. Ryder or the, P- the presidents. presidents. Every other year. Every yes. year you have one. This right now. This is the window. It's the window after the Hall of Fame weekend. There's a little lull. Right now you have our attention to try. I remember. The President's Cup was at Mirfield a few years ago when I was down in Columbus. And, like, I was at Northwestern covering a football game. And then the Ryder Cup was going on back in Columbus. And it's like all anybody wanted to talk about was the Buckeyes. Yeah, and, yeah, like, yeah. The, the, one of the most prestigious golf events in the in the world was in your backyard. And it was, like, eighth page. Yep. You know? Yeah. Yep. It's such a tough spot. Tough. Speaking of them, they lost a week. I don't know if you saw this. They officially, the memorial, which has always come – uh, Memorial Tournament Week down there starts the Tuesday after Memorial Day. Yeah. That's when it goes. They moved it back up a week. I'm sorry. I guess it would be technically back a week. So it will now go the week before the U.S. Open. Um, so that's a the big final blow. tune-up. It's a big blow for Jack, though, because they always like the idea of play it, rest it, go to U.S. Open. They always wanted the week as a buffer. Huh. They thought that was a big key in them getting – a lot, of the, a lot of the fields they got, yeah. um, but they moved them up. RBC, RBC Canadians swapped with them, so that's moving to that. And I don't, I know the people at Jack's place are not pleased with the swap. So RBC they don't think they'll still get money. people as the. They're worried because you know, like you might take the week off, or you go early to the U.S. Open site, play some rounds, like a lot of guys do that. Like they're worried they won't get the draw that they used to get. And there's a time they get the top ten players in the world. But oh yeah, that doesn't happen anymore with live. And then for sure, now you move to the week before the U.S. Open. It's not going to happen either. Um, how do you wrap your head around the fact that Cal and Stanford are in talks with the ACC? I mean, because it, 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 it doesn't matter anymore. It's not geographically based. It's going to be the ACC says you know these are some pretty programs that have history of times of being good. Stanford is one of the most prestigious. You know, yep. Institu- I don't know how Stanford's not in the big 10. I don't get it. 
Yeah, I thought that they would – I think the last card the Big Ten could play if they wanted to get to 20 would be to take Stanford, force Notre, Notre Dame, Dame, and then that gets you to 20. And you have two team, two conference, two sides of ten. Like especially if they're USC so- and Notre Dame run the one side of ten, and Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State run the other side. Yep. You just put Washington and Oregon on the west side. You put, I mean, it's pretty simple, straightforward to do. Feels easy. Feels very easy. And, and for a conference that loves to tout its academic accomplishments, how do you loves not take to. Stanford in? I have no idea. Stanford's a great program. Not in necessarily the biggest sports, but they dominate. Dude, they have Heisman they finalists and, and Luck. Uh, yeah. What? Who's the fullback? Um, that they had there that finished in the top three in the Heisman? The running back, Bryce yeah. Love? No, no, no. Uh, he did, he was up there too, but there was another guy. That, he was a big white kid who was the fullback who was like Toby Gerhardt. Gerhardt? Toby Gerhardt, yeah. yeah. He was a top five he Heisman guy. Yeah. He was a College, stud. Yeah. But, they, but, yeah, I mean, it's crazy that the, the Big Ten doesn't do this and take Stanford and force Notre Dame, and then they're done. They're done at 20, and they're, that's a wrap. Perfect. Um, Guess uh, let's let's do guess the, guess the stats. Endowment at Stanford in the billions. Forty. Well, actually, you guys have no point of reference. So Ohio State's endowment seven. 40. Seven billion. I stand at forty. Forty. Eighteen. Thirty-six for Stanford. Ten percent. Thirty-six billion dollar endowment. Now, what do you think the endowment is at Cal that everybody tells you they're broke, and their athletic department is broke? Twenty. Twenty. Ten. Seven. So, same. so, but the same as Ohio State's at Cal. And everybody tells you Cal's broke because their athletic department's broke. But in terms of their school, Not they're great. Yeah. They're in great, great state. How, how is their athletic department broke? How are you broke? <sighs> Mismanaged for years. Mismanaged for years. The other thing people don't realize about that in growing up out there, people don't understand how the distance in travel between like Los Angeles and Eugene or Los Angeles and Corvallis, LA and Seattle. The Bay Area and Arizona, the Bay Area and Salt Lake City, Boulder, Colorado, like the Big Ten. A lot of those, some of those trips for the non-revenue sports, you hop at a bus and you drive for a lot of to them. Ann Arbor, to East Lansing, to West Lafayette, to Bloomington. Like you don't you don't fly on all those. Well, in that conference, you're getting on a plane everywhere, and so they did not have the television revenue. The other thing that they did is, unlike the SEC, which has like 16 sports per athletic department. The schools out there still have like 30. They're still trying to run 30 programs. It's just bad business is what it comes down to. And let them to be the point of extinction. AP joins us coming up next. NFL 100 players list. Higher, lower, better, or worse. Cleveland Browns Daily, 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. And be sure to catch the Kevin Stefanski Show tonight at 7. Z and Gerard, University Hospitals, Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Coach Stefanski, Austin Watkins joins the show. You have that? You're not on. You have that to look forward to, which is very, very nice. Time for a little better or worse, higher or lower, presented by Keep It Fun Ohio from the Ohio Lottery. Reminds you to set the time and spending limits when gambling. Poizal in studio with us, the great AP joining us, our uh, senior staff writer in studio. Hello, Gibby. 
Not for long, leaving us for greener pastures, AP. Poison. A legend. I'm just not even going to acknowledge Poizel. it. I, I love Poison. I want him to stick yeah. around. It, it, I think it's craziness. Yeah. yeah. And Can't have it. I, I'm just, I just want to say I'm going to miss you guys so much. It's been such a blast uh, coming on to this show basically once a week for the last year and a yeah. half, a year and change. Yeah. Uh, I feel like I've grown so much just by talking to you guys. I've grown uh, much more confident talking on the radio. I've, Join I, the I list. have not been... I did not have much of a radio background before, but you guys, you calloused me up and uh, <laughs> and you built me up. So um, super appreciative and I think much love. To I think everybody much here. love, dude. I think whenever yeah, you have flaming hot takes, though, I want you to still call in. Just tell Gibby, right. hey, I'll, I'll send you a text. We'll especially because you're going to yeah. be in an enemy territory in, in Baltimore. Oh, so I'll yeah. see you Ravens guys week. I feel I like you guys we need AP talking some tra- letting us know boots on the ground. Gibby. I'm fine with that. We're working through a couple yeah. of things. Hey, I like it. You guys always have my well oiled so. machine. <laughs> working through a couple things. We're somehow on the done. somehow on the switcher, the camera doesn't enlarge automatically. Oh. Oh. I see. We're also missing. I thought two you meant. I thought he. Still. I thought. I thought he meant that he was working on a few things for Baltimore oh, Ravens Baltimore week <laughs> week four. Well, we don't know if we're no, going to get. No, Poizel's going away. Party is Oktoberfest. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Oh, you got, everybody's invited. Oh God! Please come. Yes. I love it. Looks like we're doing a repair on, on the, the go. fly here. We're going in a number of directions. Uh, nice you're good. That's you're it. Good. good. He said you're good. Leave it. Good. That's it. Nice work. What a Good job. job, Griff. How does he, na- how does he navigate out of it? Was nice. uh, that corner. was nice and calm. Oh, Griff. Steely-eyed focus. Yeah. <laughs> No acknowledgement of the crowd, though, and the crowd's he crazy. He's in, a, he's in his own. He's, no. not, he's not one for cheers or applause. Not, mo- not one for emotion. give away really to well the crowd, done. though. Yeah. Not, one for, not one for emotion. He does not want to be. He's like Yellowstone. He follows it because Yellowstone is technically his boss. They Yellowstone's follow in the same thing. everybody's boss. He just puts the blinders on. Give it a minute. Griff, his nickname that. might be Clydesdale. Clydesdale. It's <laughs> just plowing through. Just locked in. I still love those Clyde Tales and the Budweiser commercials, just oh. plowing through things. Just going through So it. great, living yeah. their best lives. Frolicking. Whimsical. Time for Higher or Lower, presented by the Ohio Lottery. And keep it fun, Ohio from the Ohio Lottery, who reminds you to set time and spending limits when gambling. The NFL.com NFL Network Top 100 player list is officially out. They announced the final 10 and number one yesterday. It's a bogus list. Uh, I'm going to tell you right now, there's three Browns that made the list. Miles Garrett, Nick Chubb, Zadarius Smith. No Watson, no Ward, no Joel Batonio. Yeah, that's the one. What? That's it's bogus. I, am, yeah. I don't know what is list going is on. over. And really, Zadarius get, makes it from Minnesota. Yeah, yeah. Pro Bowl. You know, because ten six sacks last year. Yeah. Appropriate, but like I would say, he's Minnesota's credit. Not this ours. is off of last year's correct play. The fact they have Nick Chubb as RB four on this erroneous. So, yeah. Well, so what? Why? Do you, so let's get, the, let's get into the Let's get into the Let's get into the weeds on this a little bit. So he's running back four. So the highest-rated running back on this list is Josh Jacobs. Who led the league in rushing last Now, this year. is voted on by the players. Yes. So yeah. how could the players think that Nick Chubb is the fourth-best running back in the league? My guess is, here's my theory. So who would be the other two, Saquon and McCaffrey? It doesn't even matter. I know. I think the, pro- maybe, I think the issue is Nick Chubb Henry. is not a loquacious man. He probably goes out there, Pretty plays hard. the game. He probably does not... 
have a lot of like relationships with guys on other teams who did not play with him at Georgia. And the fact that he hasn't led the league in rushing yards before. He's come so close, but he hasn't done it yet before. Right, second, but like... I think part of this is a popularity contest. Like You have to be liked, and you know, Justin Jefferson's chopping it up with everybody around the league. Kelsey, you got to be really good and then really well-liked. And my guess is that I think the quiet nature of Nick Chubb, he's such a legend in Cleveland, but around the league because he's not a guy who's doing commercials. He's not a guy that's, you know talking a lot of trash no he's so i think i think that's why i think so nick chubb was 29 derrick henry was 25 austin eckler was 21 i mean eckler he's led the league in touchdowns two years in a row and i think that's also fantasy in play i think think there's some of that too i I also think like if you're if you if any of these guys were drafting a running back for this season chubb would go one over josh yes well and afterwards if anybody just to be you a could make yeah. an argument ahead of Chubb for a multi-purpose, mm-hmm. I'm assuming it would be Christian McCaffrey, and he comes in at 35th and RB6. Okay. Barkley's ahead of him. Barkley's ahead okay. of McCaffrey. Too. What I have a hard time with is a couple things. So Nick Chubb disrespected. Miles is completely disrespected. Oh, I, know. I think Miles What on be, earth it's is egregious. Max Crosby doing in front of Miles Garrett on this? Well, that that's crazy. And, and I'll tell you what. I know he didn't play 17 games last year. But T.J. Watt should also be in the top ten. T.J. Watt was we went through those numbers yep. from wins and losses, eight points a game. Yeah, that's in scoring defense. The sacks go from like less than one a game to over three a game with him on the field. The yardage that was a hundred yards and eight points a game difference with him. Like we had never seen anything like that from a non-quarterback ever, ever. Yeah. All right, let's get into it. Hit it. Kevin? Higher or lower? Number one on the list is Patrick Mahomes. Appropriate. Number two, Justin Jefferson, wide receiver, Minnesota. Zagura, higher, lower, or just right in the NFL top 100 list? You talk to anybody in this league, and it is unanimous that he is the best receiver and the most difficult player to deal with from a game planning standpoint in the NFL. So I, I think it's fine. Like it's fully earned and appropriate, all of it. Bishop. It's correct. Uh, it's the sweet spot. The other thing that's remarkable is there are three. So there are two skill players, a total of three in the top. I think Jamar Chase was like 34 on this list. The two receivers and the quarterback off the LSU National Championship team are in the top 35 in the NFL. By the way, Justin Jefferson, that year that they were all together at LSU when they won the national title, he was the number two. Jamar Chase won the Blitnikoff. Jamar Chase was the first-team All-American. Jefferson was the two. Now, Joe threw for 6,000 yards, so I think Justin still probably had 1,500 yards receiving. Sure. But Chase was the one. But it's right. He is appropriately where he is. He's... Anytime you talk to people around the league, you say best on quarterback in the league, it's Justin Jefferson. Yes. Forever it was Aaron Donald. Yes. It feels like he's gotten that mantle now. Mm-hmm. Next. Higher or lower? Number three is Jalen Hurts. Number four is Nick Bosa. Number five, we'll start with Travis Kelsey. Uh, Bishop, higher, lower, or just right? Um, right behind him is Joe. Yeah, Burrow. Burrow's there. Tyreek, boys, all. I mean, you think about that. Kansas City had five, seven, and one 
on this list. Um, you know what? Just for the funsies, I'm going to go lower. I'm going to go Tyreek Hill higher. Um, I'd take Travis down just a bit. I think Tyreek doing it without to, without Mahomes. And Kelsey's a first ballot. I mean, this is nonsense. These are the best players in the league. Like, yeah, can, I, can, I, can I throw one thing at you? Just go try ahead. to get your yeah. head around. They got rid of Tyreek Hill and still won the Super Bowl. Yeah. And Patrick Mahomes is obviously a big reason why. But I don't think they win the Super Bowl if it was the converse. If they had gotten rid of Kelsey and kept Tyreek Hill, I don't think they're as good. It's fair to say, but yeah. we'll never know. I we mean, I, know. We, you can't do that. You can't say it's wrong. By the way, good can't job out of me at guessing 1,500 yards for Jefferson at LSU. 1,540, 18 touchdowns. Ball's 18, not going to fight 100, itself. 111 Jesus. catches, 1,540, 18 touchdowns. I think Chase was like 1,800 that year. Poizel, what say you? Uh, no, I, I actually think Kelsey is just fine at five. He is bar none the best tight end in the league, and the reason why Patrick Mahomes was able to get off the ground as fast as as he has been. He's, I think, if you obviously Z, what you were saying about how league executives talk about Jefferson, well, I think Kelsey's probably oh, yeah. in that he's, conversation yeah. too. And so I think the fact that he's the second non QB, and I, maybe you could even move him up above Bosa, but the fact that he's the second non QB slash defensive end i guess on this list uh, I, I think it's fitting i think maybe you can make an argument for burrow and hill like Bo was just doing but uh, i'm fine with him at five he's he's as tough to guard as anybody in the league and that includes jefferson last year 110 catches 1338 yards 12 touchdowns a career high 12 touchdowns for him 1338 yards it's the third time he's been over 1300 in the last five seasons and how old is he and he's, he's older than you think. I think yeah, he's like 33. He's going to turn 34 the, on October the 5th. Give me the pre-Mahomes. What was Mahomes' first year? So he's been there five years. So 2016 pre-Mahomes, first team All-Pro, 85 catches, yeah. 1,125 yards, four touchdowns. 2017 pre-Mahomes, uh, Pro Bowler, 83, 1,038, and eight. First year with Mahomes, 103, 13, 36, and 10. Then, then, it's then 97, 12, 29, and 5. 105, He's 14, amazing. 16, The impressive 11, thing is 33. And, and we we don't have time to break it in or, or look at the stats, but like, how many times would the game on the line in the fourth quarter when you know he is the he, yeah, he is the guy? It. Here's the other thing. He's unbelievable. They've had they've been obviously their last four playoff runs. He has. 207 and 4, 360 and 3, 303 and then last year 257 and 4 and that's in 3. These are these are 3 game totals. Yeah. So he's averaged over the last 3 seasons in the playoffs in 12 games, he has 14 touchdowns. I mean, so you're yeah. getting you're talking about playoff playoff games. God, elite. Elite. He is even more elite in the playoffs than he is in the regular season. It's and like I'll tell game. you what. After watching quarterback it makes you like him even more. Oh, yeah. He's so great. Yeah. The burrow head, my beep. This is so Mahomes' great. house. Was He's awesome. His podcast, if people don't listen to oh, it, so I couldn't yeah. recommend it more. They just wrap their season. Their season of podcasts is over. They don't do it, I guess, in the, during the football yeah. season. Um, he's awesome. He's – and 33? Like, that's no joke. He's going to be 34 this year, and he is still balling. Those brothers walking in. Gold jackets. Be cool if they tired retired the same year and oh, they both yeah. could go in together. Mm-hmm. Travis that is that part. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> Travis is for <laughs> sure. Might need the Stark County first ballot. Right. State fairgrounds. Travis is for sure first ballot. Jason's not far off. He's got a ton of first teams. Five, 
first five time first teams. Uh, five so he's right there. I think he, yeah, that might he's make him right a lock. there. Yeah. yeah, that might put him as a lock. And By the Super, way, the um, champion, mm-hmm. the Jamar Chase numbers that year at LSU, eighty four for seventeen eighty and twenty touchdowns in fourteen games. Thirty eight scores between the two. Between the two of them. Nah. Next, higher yards receiving. Joe Burrow is number six. That does take us to Tyreek Hill at number seven. We know Bo's thoughts. Poizel, higher, lower, or just right for one Tyreek Hill. Yeah, this is fine, and I think you could. It's so hard because I think Burrow belongs where he's at on this list too. But to me, like Tyreek Hill is. You just watch the way that he makes everybody on the field look so much slower when he's running at full speed because he's just so fast and can make so many plays that off of off of his speed and just all over the field. So I think I'm fine with him at seven. I wouldn't I wouldn't put anybody behind him in front of him. So yeah, I guess that means I'm just fine with seven. Zagura, higher, lower, or just right. It's I mean we're talking about guys that are so elite that are game changers. I think you can go all the way through the top eleven. I think there's a delineation after those guys. Miles Garrett should be in there. I think TJ Watt should be in there, so that would get you to like thirteen. These guys are all studs i'm fine with it being i'm fine just right um it's gonna be interesting one thing that came out of you didn't finish quarterbacks yet no uh-uh. so mahomes has a lot of respect for joe burrow just the way that he talks about him mm-hmm. and you know you get that moment where he says we want the bengals because we want to beat them and, right. and all of that uh it was pretty cool watching that so i think that yeah i like that i like where where he is there i think ultimately you know Tyreek Burrow, I think Jalen Hurts last year, based on what he did, maybe is justified. But I think like if you were saying, okay, you're going to draft quarterbacks right now, he's not the second quarterback taken. I think he's the hardest. Um, he was unreal last year. He was, but it's there. You would, I think it is fair to say. I would also say this: he was unreal. He was put in the. I think he's a 66 percent passer. He ran for 13 touchdowns, 700 yards, like 3,700 yards, 22 touchdowns, 22 touchdowns, six, six picks. Six picks. Um, so from a pass pr- perspective, it's not a lead like you're expect like you'd expect for somebody to be third on this list. Um, when the run the stuff rushing, allows for it. Seven, he is. I can, then you can make an argument that no quarterback in this league has been put in a better exist, position to succeed right away than absolutely. Him. Like that line. Oh yeah. Those weapons. The coaching understanding what he did right and using it to his strengths. I, it's all of those things. It checks every single box. Yes. But now that the tape is out. Can he stack it? And I do think it's fair to have the question of can he stack it? Right. I know damn good and well Mahomes, Burrow, Allen, Herbert. I mean, I know there's stackability there mm-hmm. for those guys. I know it. And I, it just needs to have another year of it. Because a year ago at this time when they came that in here, yeah. we were like, everyone was asked the question, like, can he go? Well, if he, he did, for sure. But, like, one, give me another. Every year – He's been in the league. His completion percentage has gone from 52 to 61 to 67. Touchdown interception ratio has improved every year. Yards per attempt has improved every year. Quarterback rating has improved every year. QBR has improved every year. So if he can, and like, he just he turns, put in the work. You got to give him some credit. He did he just turn 25. Yeah. He just turned 25. Yeah. That's an incredibly young age for this is a quarterback a, who just took his season. Dude, this is a guy who was thrown out of Bama because he couldn't throw it, went to quarterback finishing school at Oklahoma, then took over the team in, like, a week and a half. And then was great, finishing as a Heisman finalist. But even after that, there was questions like, is he a safety? Like, could he even play quarterback? Was like, he a second yeah. round? The second, second round pick, and it was viewed as a reach. It, yeah. As a big reach. As a big reach, because I don't, it felt like he was a system gimmick guy at Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. 
So all props, yeah, completely. But I don't think he's the third best player in football. Next, higher or lower? Josh Allen is number eight. Micah Parsons number nine. Number ten is Chris Jones. Poizel, back to you. Higher, lower, or just right? I would not put Chris Jones above Aaron Donald on this list. I, I Chris Jones belongs, I think, in the top twenty. But to put him ten and then have Aaron Donald go right behind him, I mean, we've seen. There's no need to go over how dominant Aaron Donald is and and the things that he's able to do as an interior defensive lineman. I mean, it's hard alone for guys on the edge to be as as destructive as they are in today's game. But for him to do what he's doing in the interior, I think is just incredibly impressive. And I mean, look, Chris Jones can do this stuff too. But I would still take in today's game. I would be taking Aaron Donald. So I, I'd have him at at number ten and maybe even at at, at number nine in front of Michael Parsons because he's still just that good. But for now, I, I'm not ranking Chris Jones in front of Aaron Donald. If it's based just on last year, just on last year, I think that I'm fine with it. I think generally speaking, to your point, totally get it. But Donald mm-hmm. last year was hurt. Eleven games, five sacks in eleven games. Chris Jones had fifteen and yeah. a half sacks. Yeah. Was dominant he's the reason quite frankly that they beat the Bengals yeah he had two he was, huge sacks yeah. in that game uh, so I think last year yes generally speaking no but last year Chris Jones turned in a season that yeah. puts him at the time he was the first team all pro 15 and a half sacks 17 tackles for loss he was dominant this is where Miles should be he should be in this yes group. In this group. he should mm-hmm. be with Donald Jones Parsons. Parsons and TJ should be in there those those are the Bosa. To me, the difference between Bosa and Miles is not four to twenty. That's no. not. That's not right at all. Like they, those guys are kind of all in the same area. Yeah. Like Bosa could come down a little bit, and they could all be between eight and thirteen or whatever. But the, it's negligible the difference between those guys. It's yeah, just, I don't know where how Miles ends up at number twenty on this list. I think it's similar to Nick. Like I, I think you're right, Z. I think it's There's a popularity popular, yeah. contest, and it's like some guys are gregarious and fun and all of that, and. I think it's more that than anything else. Yeah. How about the Raiders with three guys in the top 20? Josh Jacobs, Devontae Adams, Max Crosby. Crosby's very good, but he's not a top 20. I wonder if the reason why Miles is as high as this is you look at the guys on this list. This is what I was originally going to say until you said that, Gibbs, is that you look at the guys on this list, and these are all people from teams who have been – you know, making the NFC AFC championship, the Super Bowl, the last two, three years. And obviously the Browns haven't been there, but then you see that there's three Raiders guys on the list. And you're like, okay, like, yeah. come, like Max Crosby. Really? Uh, he's really good. I he's mean, good. No, sacks, all these guys are good. All these guys lost, are good. but he's yeah. not, he's not miles. No, no, no. I got to ask the same thing. Like Fred Warner, good player. Is he a great player? Is he a top 15? Was he the first-team All-Pro? I think he was the first-team All-Pro last year. I don't know. My guess that's, is he has a couple first-team All-Pros. It's so debatable. He's only been playing since he's, 2018, and he's a two-time first-team All-Pro. Two of the last three seasons, he's first-team All-Pro. So yeah. that's he's, that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. I mean, Minka, you, obviously George Kittle, I get. I get Kittle, it, though. Kittle is, seems too high to me Kittle's based too on high. what's happened the last couple of years. Because what he's also being rewarded for in this, which is it's nice to see that they're paying attention to that and, and all of it, but he's being rewarded in some ways for also being a dominant blocker. 760 yards, 11 touchdowns is good. That's a career high. Never been above six before. Uh, but he's getting rewarded for what he does in addition to you know his pass catching. His pass catching numbers have never been the same since you know, 2018. It's, no. all, it's been steady decline since then all right good job to you gibby good job to you ap ap so much more to come you listen to cleveland browns daily on 850 espn cleveland
Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. All right, give me the uh, – we'll have a training camp practice tomorrow that probably have a little bit of yep. juice to it, I would think. Yes, training camp practice tomorrow, uh, training camp insider tomorrow with myself and Joe Hayden as well, so be on the lookout for that. Uh, I'm told that Drew Forbes is dealing with a back injury, but he, and he was taken off on the backboard as a precaution. So oh, goodness nothing there. Beyond hurt, that. But nothing – right. That's We don't know the extent of it, but it is not something that is – when you go off on a back plate, though, like there's a concern, a concern that, that right, there's be, permanent yeah. big yeah, problems. There's, you know. that, that, is, that is not the case, but he, okay. he is dealing with a back injury. And we also had reports Jerome Ford. Hamstring dicey. injury. Yep. And uh, so the Browns could be looking at some running backs to come in here. And my guess is it'll be somebody that is a veteran and it could be somebody that's got some familiarity at least with this type of a scheme. So yep. think about people played for the – the Rams, anybody played for the Falcons recently, or if it's a young back, like I mentioned, Michael Carter, they like a veteran like a J.D. McKissick, somebody like that. Carter's still with the Jets, and it would only be if he was made available. Tomorrow on the show, Joe Hayden will be back with us. Very good. Breaking down practice, Chris Rose will also Oh, it was great seeing him yesterday, yeah, so that's a real treat. Very good. All right, the next level is coming up next. We're back tomorrow. Cleveland Browns Daily, 850 ESPN Cleveland. You've been listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, a production of the Cleveland Browns and 850 ESPN Cleveland.